Mike doesn't trust me anymore because I like ask him questions and then he immediately just mutes the microphone so that I can't even speak to him. It's the Q and A show with Mike and Joe. Yeah, off the post, off the post. Look at your mailbox because there is post in it. And that post says, Blues Clues, Blues Clues. Joe, do you know who the first Postmaster General of the United States was? I don't. I feel like I should know this, though. It was Benjamin Franklin. I was going to say Benjamin Franklin, actually. Actually, my first answer was Herbert Hoover. Um, That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then I was like, no, that can't be right. So then I, I hope you it was cry when you look at yourself and you shave in the Benjamin Franklin. Well, I will if you can keep making me feel bad about myself. I listened well, back to last week's episodes and you were nothing but mean to me the entire time. It was sad you, to listen to. You antagonized me. I didn't antagonize you. You just lashed out and attacked me like some type of you and I monster. Two, you and I are two billy goats on a mountain just smacking horns against each other. That's <laughs> now, all we are. Now I'm... Naming this show Herbert Hoover. Anyway, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Joe Fortunato. I am joined by Mike Murphy. And this is Off the Post, where we answer your questions about the New York Rangers. And holy fuck, do you guys have a lot of questions this week. I, I don't know why. I feel like nothing happened. Uh, we had like five topics to talk about in the flagship show. And you guys come in like a goddamn tsunami. And you just blow it out of the water. So thank you. We appreciate the support. The uh, flagship shows have been the most listened to shows. that Or not the flagship, I'm sorry. The Off the Post shows have been the most listened to shows that we have done. So, um... Yeah, we're glad you're liking it. We're liking it. Penises all around. M. D'Alessio 22. What? Well, see, can you take a crack at what you think the 2019-2020 opening lineup will be? I don't know if we could really do that because there's still too many questions. But I'll do it this way. Mike, name two players that you don't think will be on the team next year that are on the team right now. Two who I don't think will be here? Right. They're not going to be there next year, but they're there right now. Hmm. It's tough. I'm going to say Jesper Faust. Ooh. And I'm going to say Brendan Smith. I was going to say Brendan Brendan Smith, and I'm going to say... I feel like Vlad's going to stick around now. I kind of feel like Vlad is going to stick around until the trade deadline. Yeah, because he's been... Getting a sense that that's happening. Yeah. He's definitely been helping his own... M. D'Alessio also wants to know, what year will K. Andre Miller come join the team full-time? I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's going to be next year. By the way, Maggie has a beautiful singing voice that everybody just heard. Oh, yeah. Um, a comment do you have about K. Andre Miller before she serenaded us with her siren song? Um, let's see. K. Andre, it's, it's really, really a shame how that ended for him. Uh, and he didn't even play in the playoffs. Yeah, and they lost. But you know what? In my head, like while that was happening, I was just like, "This is the right decision not to rush this kid on the ice." Um, and I'm glad that's that's what uh, you know Granado did. Uh, he he didn't rush you know his star freshman defenseman back on the ice. But I feel like he, given how recently he transitioned to D, he's gonna want to you know he's gonna want to have more more seas. More seasoning, don't you think? Like, Yeah, I can't imagine he's going to want to make the jump to the NHL. Remember, he's only three tough. years into 
into his position period which is astounding considering how good he's been so yeah that's that would be um, even if he goes straight like even if he does a full year in the hl that's still asking a lot of a kid it is to go and there's no reason for him to go position is a lot there's no reason to go to the AHL. And at this point, and, and I think this speaks volumes about the Rangers yeah. farm system, I think the Rangers don't want high-end prospects going to the AHL. I don't think they want Vitaly Krovstov anywhere near the AHL this year. That's why I think th- that he hasn't been signed to an ATO. So, there's that. JG. Just JG. two letters. That's all it is. Steelers, Yankees, Knicks, and Rangers fan. It's an interesting mix. Thoughts on Brendan Lemieux? Tell you what. Better than any expectation I had. Yeah, he's definitely exceeded my expectations. I knew he would been a be a quality hockey player. I knew he'd be a shit stirrer. I knew he would uh, be a guy shit. who chirps and you know plays that Sean Avery style game. But I was playing. I've been paying a lot of attention just in what sort of hockey he plays, and really, he to me, he's just a straight line, go hard to the net guy. Um, and you know what? Those guys can be valuable. The big question I think moving forward is. Can he generate offense? Because if he can generate his own offense, it suddenly becomes a question of, is he more than a third-line winger? Um, And really, the truth is here, if the Rangers, if all the Rangers got back is a third-line winger, who's an agent provocateur, who draws a lot of penalties in that trade and the first-round pick, it's still a really good return for Hayes. Um, And looking at what Lemieux can be, I hope maybe there's more to his game. I don't think there is, and honestly, that's fine. It's really fine, Joe. Like if he's a third line winger, it's fine. That, it's that's absolutely really if he fine. if he puts thirty five points up and he does all the other things that we've talked about that we've liked to see, whatever it may or may not be. Yeah. Um, I think that's at the Rangers win in that regard. Felipe Ghostine. I mm-hmm. think Quinn is a great coach. I love his personality, his openness, and I really think he is the real deal. But to bench Tony D'Angelo, are you serious? According to me, he's been the Rangers' best D-man this year, and especially the last 15 to 20 games. What do you guys think? We kind of talked about this. Actually, I think we talked about it pretty much at length on the flagship show. But uh, it appears that there was an off-the-ice issue makes it sound worse than it was. Something happened. It could have been he didn't give it all in his practice or something else, but something happened, and it doesn't seem like it's a talent decision. He has a second question, though. He said, since the trade deadline, it's frustrating. I don't root for them to lose, but I kind of do. But that's not fun. Do you know what I mean? I just want the draft and June 1st to be here. So that's actually probably an interesting thing that a lot of people are feeling because there has been this kind of back-and-forth contingent of people who openly want the New York Rangers to lose. And I think I kind of sit on that bandwagon right now. Like, I want the team to play well, but the points are hurtful at this point. And that's totally fine. You're allowed to feel that way. You're also allowed to think that the Rangers should win every game. I'm not here to tell you how to feel, like how to root for the team. So it is a weird... The Rangers are in a weird situation. They were kind of in this situation last year. Um, but the, the team is... The Rangers are doing better than I thought they were going to. For the sell-off, for where they are right now, I did not expect them to be... I mean, I certainly expected them to be near the bottom. I expected them to be much closer to the bottom than they are right now. I mean, they just snapped a six-game losing streak. I so. mean, they're, they're a bad hockey team, but... Um, I, I, I feel like I touched on this in my in the survival guide I did for the trade deadline. And like I, I feel like I summed it up relatively well when I said most of us want this team to play entertaining hockey where we get to see the kids get an opportunity, but they ultimately lose. But they lose in a fun way. And uh, 
Like to me, that is like a six to four game against the Capitals, where the offense is like almost keeping up with Washington, and it's fun and it's trading goals. But at the end of the day, they don't get any points out of a game, and they lose. And what we're getting more of is all these one goal games, all these overtime and shootout losses. The Rangers are one of three teams that have twelve of those uh, those worthless points for teams who want to be in the lottery. And that does suck. And I understand the frustration as a Rangers fan to look at that and say, you know, what? why can't this team do losing right? Like, they can't win right. We've learned that under Elaine Vigneault and Tortorella, but they can't lose right either. But it's important to remember that's not what the objective is here. The, the objective under David Quinn is to develop this team, to teach it to learn how to win games. And that's why I think things are... It's going to be... You know, they're going to just be, I feel like, more or less a 500 hockey team until, you know, the end of the season. And it's a lot of those wins they're going to have are going to feel like, you know, they didn't deserve a win. A bunch of those points they pick up are going to be those those worthless points outside of those regulation or overtime wins. They're going to be those shootout losses, those overtime losses. And Stupid that's just, points. points. Yeah, they don't need. you know what? And, like... It's so funny how that has just come to be this thing that's just haunted this team, right, Joe? It's just they can't escape those points. They keep getting them. We, especially with Quinn at the helm, you can't ask them to turn it off. No, you can't yeah, ask Lundqvist to turn it off, and that's really what it's come down to. Is the new really and they can't and get out their own way. Yeah, that like yeah, I Georgia have too. Absolutely, I was he thinking about let's think about what's a talk to um, low tide on the radio on TSN, and the big thing I took away from this team right now because I was just trying to think of bullet points and like. At the end of the day, this team still has great goaltending, like well above average goaltending, and that keeps them in games. But the thing is, you can't expect Henrik Lundqvist to be not Henrik Lundqvist, and you can only feel great about Georgiev being as good as he's been. You have to feel good about it because they need to find answers moving forward beyond Lundqvist's tenure and what happens with this team in the next few years. And you know, it's it's great. Really, I feel like Quinn and the Rangers and Lundqvist all deserve a lot of credit for how much of a timeshare it's been in the goal crease. And that hasn't been talked about enough. But it's great. It's it's really great to see that happen. Because if, you know, if, you know, if Georgiev was a piece of crap in terms of his play, like the way he plays, this team would be a lot of points, you know, shy of where they are now in the standings. But he's been outstanding. He's stolen points for them. And that can be frustrating, but it's also great to see that the Rangers found someone like him as an undrafted guy they signed. I agree. It's hurt them, but it's also been like a very yeah, good thing it, for it, them. We can't pretend it doesn't hurt them, right? No, Especially but it, it's also a good picture, thing. It's not a bad thing. Good, it, I mean, yeah. it is a bad thing, but it's also a good thing. Yeah. Um, Shane Mooney. Shane Just money with two O's. With a smaller sample, if you could Moonet. lock up Tony D'Angelo long term for three to four million a year, would you do it? Same question for Pionk, but less term slash cash. Um, I would de- at this point, if you told me I could get D'Angelo for five years, fifteen million dollars, I would think about it. Um, I-, I do think there's something to be said for the risk factor of like his personality and whether or not the Rangers are going to want to deal with that. And Quinn should have an answer about that, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, I think that's something that the Rangers are going to go into this season with. I think f- like five years, twenty million is too much for Tony D'Angelo. But the flip side is the only way to get it. Like D'Angelo right now is a point per game, point per game. Blah, 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 sorry, 
point per every other game player. And that speaks volumes, too, as a 23-year-old on this team who, you know, it's been a back-and-forth nonsense. Pionk, I'm not going anywhere near long-term at all, unless you can get him for, like, a five-year, $7 million year or deal, honestly. That's about as high as I go for him, and there's no way he's signing that. There's just too much risk with Pionk. Yeah, that's a tough call. There's so much to love. And I'm even uncomfortable with the D'Angelo extension. Yeah, there's so much love about D'Angelo's game and so many reasons why you probably don't want to go long-term with him. Based on, even if we just say we erase what happened with him in juniors and we erase you know, some of those maturity issues, they are still around, Joe. They still kind of persist. And that in and of itself is enough. It's enough to give us pause on you know, what happens with him in the next two years of his career. And... that doesn't mean he's not going to be a very valuable defenseman. I mean, on the flagship show, we talked about how great his his zone entry stats are right up there. They're truly elite with uh, Corey Schneider's zone entry, zone exit, and uh, the defensive controlled zone entry stats that he does that uh, CJ Chaturro did the visualizations on. Like, he's a real talent. He's a really unique player, and he's outstanding on the power play. And you watch him play and you say to yourself, this kid can be great. He can be a special NHL player. But those problems in terms of maturity and what he and how he approaches the game, being a professional, we're not just talking about, uh, you know, I feel like this is important to say, it's not just that he has political views that might not align with some Rangers fans. This yeah, goes, this, is, this is far more than this, that. This goes well beyond that. We're talking about being a professional athlete and acting in a way that a professional athlete should act. And that is things like engaging with fans on Twitter, which is just it's just a stupid thing to do. And did come to an end immediately it, after though. Yeah, it did, but that the was fact the last year incident that, that ended immediately. That had, yeah, the fact that it had to happen was a red flag. The fact that we've seen him be, you know, held out of the lineup because of maturity issues that, you know, David Quinn has even cited that it's a maturity thing. That that has happened this season I think should tell us a lot. It really should tell us a lot about why we need to take this. The Really, to me, like it's an overwhelming success with D'Angelo in terms of the way he seized his opportunity this year. Because, of course, last season, he had the opportunity to be in the lineup, and then he got hurt. Remember how shitty that was? Just, you know, it's like, oh, God, this kid needed this chance. And, and he was work. playing well. And you and really have to want, well and it's and this very similar situation to Hayek. You wonder where he would have been at the beginning of this year if he got those if he continued and finished out the year playing that up and up hockey that he was. Yeah, that um, is a, that's a good point to raise with Hayek. But yeah, I I would not go long term on him yet. Um, I would maybe I would put a cap on it at around three years, just based on you, what happens with based on what happens you, with Vegas. With uh, I'm sorry, not Vegas with Seattle the expansion draft and what happens in terms of how many contracts are on the books. But like if you can get them dirt cheap, I don't know, but you have to be really careful with any sort of extension with D'Angelo. Yeah. D'Angelo, I would think about just, just because there's so much talent there 
And if you sign D'Angelo to a bridge deal, and he really is that 45-point defenseman that he's kind of showing he can be this year, the a three-year $15 million deal looks like the steal of a... Or a five-year $15 million deal looks like the steal of a century. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, him turning into that player. NYR on the rise. Why does Hartford suck so badly? Rumors about bad culture. Isn't that a major issue? It is. I don't know why they're so bad. Um, Adam wrote a very long-form story on it a couple of weeks ago that I would recommend you give a read that kind of goes into detail. But um, Mike and I can't answer that specifically because we just don't know why it's so terrible. He has a second question, though. Which prospect, aside from Krovstov, are you most excited about? And for me, it is hands down Ke'Andre Miller. Um, Absolutely dominating in the NCAA this year, and just a full-on, I can't be more excited about Ke'Andre Miller. Michael? I feel like I would say Ke'Andre if we just saw a little bit more from him at, uh, at the World Juniors, but it, that's not his fault because he was used on that third pair and on... A, on and he was sick. And, on, and, on, and he was sick, and he was on his offside. So that's not really on him. So I'm going to say Shostorkin. Um Ooh. Given what we've seen in terms of the numbers he's put up, and again, we talked. We had a great podcast with Nick Mercadante, and we talked about how the pizza boy, that sweet, sweet pizza boy of ours, and we talked about how special Shostorkin's numbers are and how great his season has been. You know, a really record-setting season in so many ways, and he's so young, but he's playing behind a you know a freaking Harlem Globetrotters team, and compared Ooh. to the rest of the KHL, impressive. Um, and so it makes it makes evaluating him very hard. And like this is something I have a lot of experience with, like looking because I spend a lot of time looking really closely at uh, at women's hockey professional numbers. And there is that kind of problem with parity at times in those leagues compared to what we might see in the NHL. And you know, you'll see a team that just so good at puck possession and so good at the offense just has the puck all game. And, you know, goaltenders don't have to make as many saves. And the shots they do face are low-quality scoring chances. And then you have to ask yourself, you know, how do we measure that compared to the rest of the league and their peers and those goalies who face literally 10 more shots against per game per 60 minutes? And it's it's tough, man. It's tough. But with that being said, Shostorkin is still... I can't help but be excited because I feel like a big question that just no one... No one likes to think about this question, Joe, but there's going to be someone after Hank. It's going to... Eventually, the Hank ride's going to come to an end. No one wants to think about it or talk about it, but we're already starting to see it in terms of the the timeshare that we've seen post-deadline with him and Georgiev, which I think is the right thing. But, um, yeah. Uh, And let me say this. I love Ke'Andre Miller, uh, but I think Shostorkin is just... Yeah, Shostorkin is probably the... The highest end prospect the Rangers have in their system right now, just because of how goddamn. And obviously, Kravstov, as as the question, you know, person who asked our question pointed out, he's so fun. Like he is fun. Alex Khalifa, I realize that he's a pending RFA, but what do you make of D'Angelo's future with this team? I think he's played his way into a top four role next year, assuming there's no off ice incident. I will assume, Michael, you're in agreement with me on that one. A sweet, he's, sweet. He's got to be right. I mean, the How way he's he played, uh, the I would be, I would be shocked if Gorton made the same mistake he made this off season that he made last off season with the trade for McQuaid. I, I almost don't even feel like bringing it up because it feels like summoning some unspoken evil. But holy hell, was that a big mistake? 
Um, and looking at, you know, the, the in my opinion, maybe the best move he made in that offseason. I mean, granted, it wasn't a lot, but the signing of uh, Friedrich Clayson was great, even though it had helped kind of perpetuate that logjam. But, you know, I there's got to be room for Tony D'Angelo. There has to be. There he's cannot, that good. There, well, he's that good, and he's that good on the Rangers now. Like, imagine him without the absolute disaster that is the New York Rangers just tire fire of a defense. We're doing we're doing the show during the Rangers Oilers game. Um, it's one nothing, I believe. And I believe McDavid just scored. You'll now it's two nothing, but Cassian smacked Georgiev in the helmet for a goal. Oh boy. And my girlfriend just threw her moisturizer at the T V screen. Which, Out of anger. Which I can't endorse as a good decision. No, but both you're ruining the moisturizer and potentially breaking the television. Breaking the TV, but uh, although I kind of want that goal to count because losing to Edmonton in regulation will be huge for the tank. Terminally chill. This is a very important question. Is Wizardy still alive? Just checking in on him. Not only is he alive, my friend. I am looking at him right now. His tank needs multiplied. to be cleaned. He stinks, um, but he's good. He ate this morning. I fed him. He is uh, alive and well. And just a magical 23-year-old frog. 24-year-old frog now at this point? I don't know. Um, I got him when I was 7. I am 30. He's 23. David L. Singer, assuming Hayek resumes his recent form in the NHL training camp next year, what do you see as the Rangers 6D? Uh, P.S. The podcast is fire. Thank you, David Singer. Fire. Fucking fire. Um, I don't know. Again, a lot of it... If the Rangers don't bring back Clayson, who I think is a restricted free agent, actually, let me do some terrible podcasting and uh, flip myself over to Cap Friendly, where I figure this information. Yeah, he is out. an RFA. You're right. So Cap. the Rangers have him, Hayek, D'Angelo, and Pionk as restricted free agents, and then they have four more signed defensemen in Shattenkirk, Stahl, Shea, and Smith. You would assume they're re-signing D'Angelo. Hayek is signed. Um, he's not. He's an RFA in 21-22. But I don't know. Do they let Clayson walk? I have no idea. My ideal defense next year, if, you don't, if you're really trying not to like bring in a Carlson or whatnot, is Kevin Shattenkirk, Frederick Clayson, Anthony D'Angelo, Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, and Lieber Hayek. And Mark Stahl can be the 7D slash, you know, bench candidate. That's my defense. And I'm trading high on Neil Pionk. So I would trade that, high on Pionk, too, yeah, for absolutely. sure. That's, uh, I feel like I agree with you. You said before, we it feels like we have a very good idea of what he is. He's the sort of guy you might want to move. And I feel like that might be controversial because the, the Rangers are putting so much emphasis on this blue line and developing the blue line. You know, finding those D, you know, we saw how many D they drafted, you know, last year. And we saw them pick up a couple of D at the deadline last year, you know, and, and Rikov and, and Hayek. But, uh, boy, Joe, like, there's not even room for Gilmore on this team. Why is there room for Pionk? There can't be. There can be no room. I mean, Pionk, look, I'm not trying to be in an asshole to the guy it's just not it's not in the cards um jason silberman goalie situation georgia heading into the final year of his contract then an rfa in 2020 hank the starter for two more years husker just signed to an entry-level contract tyler walls one more year left to college limberum is a high draft pick to the rangers of doubts about just yorkham 
No, I just think you can't have enough goaltenders in the pipeline because goaltenders are voodoo and you have no idea who will and will not work out. I mean, it's just look at how many goaltenders are drafted in the mid rounds of a draft and are very good goaltenders. You, you just don't know. I don't think this has anything to do with Shostjorkin. Mike, do you have anything you want to throw in there? Or? Well, Huska to me is so interesting. I feel like the Rangers signed him in many ways to be a kind of Georgiev light in terms of they want to just see what they really have and test him at the AHL level because this season was his worst in terms of his NCAA career, right? His NCAA career at UConn. And he lost his starting gig uh, to the Nashville Predators prospect in net. Um, he's a Czech kid. What is his name? It's uh, Thomas Voka- Vomaka, I think. Um, and that was... That's obviously not good to lose your starting uh, starting gig to someone who's, you know, a freshman, really. Um, and, you know, I think Vomaka was uh, like a fifth-round pick. And that is... Those are those are red flags to me, Joe. But, you know, like Huska before the season had pretty good numbers. And up until around November, he had good numbers. And like you said, you... <laughs> Especially the Rangers, they kind of have a knack for doing this. They they want to develop and, you know, just kind of figure out as many goaltenders as they can. It's not a bad idea. I mean, you know, like even like finding someone thinking outside the box with the Merrick Mazinek signing, he only brought back a seventh-round pick uh, at this year's draft. But honestly, if the, if the Wolfpack were a slightly better team, he might have brought back a, maybe a slightly higher round pick even though you know that's just like a team just trying to bolster its ahl team um you know i i don't know what to think of the the husker signing it was definitely interesting to me but it's well he lost his starting gig in yeah in yukon and that that's a tough situation he was dominant last year adam you know was the really the prospect expert kind of watched a few games and he's had a rough season so far this year but um yeah we'll see again goalies are voodoo you don't fucking know they're voodoo it's very very hard to look at you know the way a 21 year old kid because that's how old huska is and you know he's 6'3 he's a big goalie he's slovakian he was a seventh round pick so the fact that he played he has played well enough to even be considered for a contract is a success. Even if he never makes it to the NHL and he becomes an AHL-level goaltender, you call this a success for a seventh-round pick. You have to, right? Like, you hope you can find someone who can do... Like, you hope you get an NHL out of every pick, but if you get your AHL-level goaltender for three or four years with a seventh-round pick, it's not bad. It's really not that bad. No, it's totally Um, fine. Last year, as you pointed out, he had a 9-12 save uh, the year before. Uh, 2016-17, he had a 9-16 save at UConn, and this year an 8-96. So, you know, maybe maybe he's the the de facto starter, or maybe the backup uh, in Hartford next season if uh, with Shostyork in there or Georgiev or whatever the hell, hell happens. But that's going to be it's going to be interesting, buddy, to see what happens there. And you know, I, I'm not sure this has anything to do with Shostyorkin. This just has more to do with the Rangers, maybe. Preferring to develop goalies as opposed to finding those Tokarskis yeah, you, you can and, never and have too many. right? You'd rather develop those goalies and see what you can find rather than get it to Tokarskis and, and know what you have play. with them when they're 26, 28 years old. 100%. Panero in 2020, hey, Joe and Mike, with Hayek likely out the rest of the season, which Rangers defenseman in Hartford do we see getting called up next? Is it Gilmore? Do we see another one of the kids? I'm going to say no one because the Rangers still have seven defensemen this year, so there's no need to call somebody else up. Um, although uh, 
they had a defenseman up when Hayek was up. So if they do, I would bet it's Lindgren just because of the stigma of that trade. But maybe Gilmore. But I, I think the Rangers are done with Gilmore at this point, I would I would have to say. Michael, anything you want to add on that? that I mean, Gilmore, Gilmore is the guy who's earned it. Um, yeah, but he's just, also 25, and they obviously yeah. don't think that highly of him. Yeah, and you know what? And the other thing with Gilmore, he's earned it, but he's also a UFA. Um, and that, I think, is something that isn't mentioned enough. Whereas Begris is an RFA, and I feel like the way he played early in the season, he kind of deserved that call-up, but both Gilmore and O'Gara. Um, but honestly, I feel like it would be Lindgren, just because of what we've seen from this team thus far and and the MO of, of Gordon and what happens in terms of the sort of players they want to give those opportunities to. Um, if, it, if it was me and if it was my choice, I might want to take another look at Chris Begris uh, before Ryan Lindgren, but that's just me. And I, I'm much higher on Begris than most people. He's 24. He's not an NHL-level defenseman, but I think he's interesting um, just because of what he was able to do early in the season. We know that Julius Bergman's a goner. Uh, Darren Radish is the guy that picked up in that Peter Holland trade. Maybe it'll be Radish. Maybe give him a little, little cup of coffee. Um, or maybe Sean Day, even Joe, who uh, started in the ECHL. Uh, definitely, the season definitely didn't start the way we wanted it to for Day, even though he's 21 and he's back in the AHL now and he's been picking up some goals and some points and that's that's good news for him. So we'll have to see what happens. Maybe Joey Keane. That would be fun, right? A little bit of Joey Keane action, yeah. I'd be um, happy to see some Joey Keane get a little, little cup of coffee, a little taste, a little taste-a-roo. GC Lester, do you think the summer will be the beginning of the upswing for the Rangers? Gordon, I believe, stated they feel they finally have the young pieces they need and are now going to spend. Tell you what, and this is the be-all, end-all answer on this one. Not even going to let Mike answer this one. Uh, This will be the start of... of, This will be an upswing for the New York Rangers if they make the right decisions this summer. That's the answer to that question. The Rangers can tank this rebuild or the Rangers can make this rebuild, you know, move the way that they want to. There's an insinuation about them, uh, quote unquote, speeding it up. I think that would be a disaster depending on what it is that they're looking to do. But yeah, that's the be all end all on that one. Uh, Chris Lalikita with Georgia taking most most of the starts versus the better teams and Hank getting most of the starts versus the non-playoff teams of late. Is this something that is telling for the future goalie situation with Igor possibly coming over, Hank taking a backseat, or Georgiev getting a test? I, it, Hank's not taking a backseat. This is like when Chesterkin comes over, he's going to go to the AHL because he needs time to adjust to North American hockey, and he's going to be in for a very rude awakening when he's But you not. know what? I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the next season, if Igor and Hank are truly 50-50. Oh, you think Georgiev's not even part of the equation at that point next year? I don't know. He's. It's so interesting to see what will happen there. Because in every, like he's exceeded every expectation to me. Like the fact that the Rangers found someone like him and he's been able to contribute the way that he has. And I was telling someone today, like, what's what's up with Georgiev? And I said, like, here's the thing. He's he's a very solid goaltender like at least backup level at the NHL level but he's 23 and the other thing that's so important to say about him is he's capable of he puts up these outstanding performances more often than any backup you'll ever see because there is more to him right there's he has a higher ceiling than what we've seen from him now and again goalies take a little longer to develop he's 23 
Um, and this is a kid who was, you know, outside the draft, an undrafted guy. He's just so intriguing to me. And, like, for that reason, I, I it almost makes me nervous to trade him, Joe. You know what I mean? Got to take risks, Mike. You got to take risks. Got to be a fucking risk taker. Shayna. Swap him for a different type of prospect. You swap him for, you know, a winger. I don't know. But holy hell. I'm all on the. I'm full. Let, let me make this clear. I'm full on the Igor train. I love Shostakovich. Igor. Igor. Um, and I think he is much higher ceiling, and he's better right now than Georgiev. But Georgiev is not a bad goaltender, and he would not be a bad goaltender to have as your your one B or your backup moving forward. You'd be lucky to have it. It just you have Hank around, and he's still Hank. This is a rapid... F- I need you to just answer the first... I'm going to read a question okay. to you. You just say the first thing that comes to mind. All right. This is from Shayna. Who would you rather see play on the fourth line, Pionk or Smith? Ooh. You're, you're uh, ready not. Pionk. Okay. My answer to that, Smith. Who would you Fuck rather me. be on the first power play unit for the rest of the season, D'Angelo or Shattenkirk? Shattenkirk. D'Angelo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because uh, you're gonna, it's the right thing to do is to trade Shattenkirk. So you Mike, his value. who would you rather eat ring pops with, Shayna or me? Shayna, hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. She, she'll enjoy them. I don't even want to talk to you right now, but I have to legally. Do you even like contracts? I fucking love ring pops. There's no way you love ring pops. I swear to God, I love ring pops more than Shayna. Well, no, Shayna. Like, I haven't had a ring pop probably in a few months. I'm sure Shayna had one this morning. Well, then you're full of shit. Well, not full of shit, Michael. I gave up sugar for Lent. So how does that sound? You now you feel had, bad, don't you? Just you had to bring God into this. That's well, I didn't bring God. I brought Lent and That's Jesus. All, Let me talk to you about God's the Lord work. Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus crazy. Vintendo, do you think there is a significant reason why the Rangers have called up players like Hayek, Gilmore, and Lindgren, but not players like Ronin, Gilmore, or Meskinen? Um, yeah, because, I mean, ultimately... Let's go down the list. Both of those groups. Gilmore, I don't think has a New York Rangers future, right? We agree with that. Uh, Yeah, he's a pending UFA. He's twenty-five. He gone. Ronning got sent to the ECHL this year. Ronning wasn't even good enough for the AHL at one point. Yeah, and Meskinen probably needs he needs this time to learn. The bottom line with Meskinen is that if the Rangers found a bottom six winger in Meskinen at the NHL level, it would be a grand slam. Grand fucking slam. He's not there yet. Right now, right he's eating a, a ring pop with Joe. He's like a second line Put it in your AHL level guy so who's still fun. learning that game, and you know, at the the North American game because obviously he was you know playing in the in the league last year. Uh, his numbers have looked good compared to what else is in Hartford, but what else was in Hartford, Joe? Nothing. Like you know, for most of the like, Latieri is probably the best forward left on that team. Now that Holland's gone, so it doesn't say a lot that he's the best-looking forward on the team. He's also not a kid. That's the other thing you remember with Meskinen. And I, I really applaud the Meskinen signing and, you know, the way that, uh, you know, Gorton thought outside the box, but he's 23. Um, you know, he has to adjust to that game, the North American game, and that's not going to happen. It's going to take some Okay, it's going to take some time. Next question. Paulie. Oh, Paulie from NYC. I don't know why I totally dyslexic. Paulie from NYC. And didn't know what it was. Does it worry anybody that Pionk may get a big contract or has his play guaranteed it's a team friendly deal? 
I'm fucking terrified that Pionk is going to get like a five-year, $20 million contract. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. Ter- I, I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying I'm terrified. So that's my answer. Um, I think in the end it will be more of a team-friendly deal. Over Macho Grande. What is your overall assessment of Buchnevich as a Ranger? Do you see him as having 30-goal potential? I don't know if I ever saw Buchnevich with 30-goal potential. He was never really a goal scorer, even in the KHL. Um but I think Buchnevich is playing his best hockey as a New York Ranger. I think David Quinn has kind of reached that level of the game that we've been waiting for. And he's outright dominated games this year. And that really more of late than, you know, in the beginning of the year. And I think that says a lot about where he's come to this point. So I, I think he's been great. He has, Michael, to me, to me, he has the skill to, to hit a 30-goal season at some the point skill. in his career. I just don't think it's 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 gonna happen anytime soon. Okay, we're going like, rapid well, fire. No, to me, like the like if he's a guy who's the the trigger man on a power play, which he can be, and we've seen him at times step into a role that's similar to that. Yeah, he could hit thirty. Like if he had, like he, he could, nine, he very well could. He could hit eight or nine power play goals in a season more. for sure. Right, like, the man was wearing a fucking USA jersey for. Uh, oh man, that was fun for Brown. Yeah. Um. BR3TT. All right, here's the one you've been waiting for. Joe's a Jedi Master. Mike is a Master Wizard. You both come into combat. What happens next? Are we fighting each other in this I think instance? We, we would just talk shop. I think we would we have to talk, talk robes. Shop. We both wear robes. Um, I have a lightsaber that I am. There's using different to colored lightsabers. The there, there's different sorts of wands. I'd be like, oh, what made you choose that? Um, um, what else would we talk about? I don't know. You hear my daughter just yelling up there? Yeah, she's adorable. I don't know. See, I hear a lot of that stuff in the microphone. I don't know if you guys will hear it. Oftentimes, I hear things, and I'm like, oh, God, everybody's going to be wondering what's going on right now, and then none of you hear it. So if you can't hear her, okay. Yeah, Brett, I don't think we would fight, Brett, because we love each other. Um, Mark Del Franco. Uh, reset the rebuilding process for me after the deadline. Will Keandre Miller slash Kravtsov be on the team next year? Are the Rangers a year away from playoff contention or more? I will say that Kravtsov will 100% be on the team. Miller will not. I That's where I stand. Mike That's would exactly where I stand. Yeah. Um, are the Rangers a year away from playoff contention? Probably. They're probably... Really? Uh, I say two. I'm going to say two as well. And now we're talking playoff two, contention. We're not talking two, Stanley Cup yeah, contention. Two with a big old asterisk, and that asterisk is next to an equal sign that says it depends on the free agency class of this year. If it's Panarin, then the timeline is dramatically accelerated, and the expectations are d- dramatically different. Uh, if they if they choose to stick with what's in-house, then it's going to be two, three years. Um, yeah. It's going to be tough, bud. That's I, I understand that we want this team to be a competitor again sooner rather than later. But you can't rush this. And the important thing to remember is at this deadline, they got back Brendan Lemieux. They didn't get back other prospects who will be ready, who will be more ready to make an impact. Um, and the other thing is, like, I don't know. The, the Islanders are just really interesting. There's a lot of teams in the Metro who I you know, thankfully, you know, the, the, the train in Pittsburgh is not going to last forever. Um, and you could, you could project the same thing for Washington, but I don't see their decline coming as, as like a catastrophic end in the next year or two. I think they're just going to linger around. Um, it's, it's, this is not an easy division. Carolina is up and coming. Columbus, I feel like we don't know what the hell's going to happen with Columbus, right? With, with, 
Panarin Bobrovsky fucking shipping off. I mean, that's just brutal. Okay. I would agree with all of that. No, but yeah, I mean that that it's valid for trying to figure out what the Rangers are. Yeah, I would I, look at the the Rangers. They should have no. There should be no surprises about what they are. They're not making the playoffs next year, more than likely. They may make the playoffs the year after that, but it, it would depend on a lot of things, a lot of their prospects being very more NHL ready and. Just a lot going on. Dan Carosi, would you be for or against getting rid of daylight savings time? It's a good one. I think I would be for it. There's no real need for it. Fucking but get rid of it. We ain't got no crops. That's true. We don't have crops. Hockey related, do you think Hank is on his last contract? Oh, hell yeah. 100%. Yeah, he's absolutely. A, he's a not clean hundo on that one. He's not. Clean. There's no other contracts coming here Motherfucking for Motherfucking penis. Um, Sean Carlson, do you think the Rangers completely move on from Hank in two years, or should they entertain the idea of extending him? No, he's gone. As no, sad as that is, his number will go up in the rafters, and it will be all nice um, and fun. Zach Corbluth, does a Shattenkirk buyout make sense this summer, assuming we can't deal him? No. Under no circumstance is a Shattenkirk buyout even remotely possible. Uh, at least it's for possible. Uh, it doesn't the, make yeah, sense. Yeah, the Rangers may do it. It's probably very dumb. It would be a costly mistake, especially for a guy who still has value. Uh, to to pretend that Shattenkirk doesn't have value for a team, especially when you consider like, all right, well, let's say the Rangers can retain a percentage of salary that would roughly equal what his cap hit is if you bought him out, and still bring back assets in a trade, which I think that reality is very realistic. Like, truly, really realistic. That has to be out there. There has to be a team willing to do it. Especially teams that might not have a lot of luck uh, wooing free agents. Like, fucking any team. Like, think about Columbus. Like, wouldn't, if they lost a lot of talent, wouldn't they be really intrigued by that? It's like, oh, yeah, Kevin Shattenkirk on the second pair. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd like, assume that there would be something. like a, Yeah, a there, there will be suitors. It, there, it has to be there. Just Especially because I know that like the thing that people can't escape with Shattenkirk is six point six five million on the cap for the next two seasons after this one, and he's thirty. But as we talked about in the flagship, he's still an effective NHL level defenseman. He's he just he has a lot of bad luck, and he was playing hurt all of last season. So what are we really talking about here? Penis. Mike's getting more, Mike's getting upset, Joe. Mike's getting Anthony upset. McHale, is it just me or is Fast looked invisible for most of the season? Do you think he's part of the Rangers' future? Or will he be traded by next year's deadline? Uh, I think he's I my like, dark horse to be traded. I feel like Jesper's been playing hurt all season. I'm yeah, well, but, with, as we Jesper. discussed on the flagship, he has been playing hurt. But that's the, the reality is, like, if you don't notice Fast, he's probably doing his job. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's yeah, that's kind of the thing with him. He's just a third line winger. Um, I mean, last season it was fun because he had 13 goals, and I was like, holy hell, Jesper. You know, can you go higher than that? And, you know, not really. Um, no. And that's fine. I mean, he's a 30-point winger. That's kind of what Jesper Fast is, but his real value is he's a guy who's going to give you that really high-energy shift and kill penalties, and he'll be a guy you can be excited about for a shift as a coach, and then you put out the more skilled players on your top two lines. But... uh I feel like he might be a, a great depth piece for a, uh, you know, a team that has those cup aspirations or those playoff, those deep playoff runs in mind, as a guy who you want on your fourth line. But for a team like the Rangers, who, you know, are trying to figure out what they have, Joe, you could definitely make a strong point, like a strong case, 
and say you'd be better off giving someone like just just a random example but someone like a Vinny Letary just to see what you might find in him like can he be an NHL player and you won't really know that until you give him a chance in the NHL which means that Jesper Fast is a dark horse pick for a guy to be traded is really intriguing to me I just don't know what the hell you'd get from if anything like what what the hell would like a fifth round pick I mean you don't turn your nose up at anything but I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, I can see I can see both cases where he just kind of lingers around, and I can also see maybe the Rangers decide to move on from him, or you know. But again, he's a UFA after next year. I really don't think the Rangers will re-sign him after that. Tyler McGillick with Rangers management hinting free agency is a big part of their plan this coming off season. Other than Panarin, what kinds of players would make the most sense to target? Is either one-year solutions or possibly flip? or his long-term pieces into the next contention window. I don't think, aside from Panarin, there's anybody that I touch long-term. Would you agree with that, Michael? I think that's a pretty standard Yeah, I mean, the other name that always comes up is Carlson. Right, and he's on half an ankle. I mean, Jeff Skinner is really interesting. Um, Kevin Hayes. I would definitely sniff it. Skinner, I I think the bridge is probably burned with Hazy, as, as much as it pains me to admit it, but like... I think you you have to sniff at Jeff Skinner. He's only 26. I mean, uh, I do think you're going to have a hard time giving him the same sort of offer that he'll get elsewhere, though. And you know, he's played a lot of seasons on teams that don't get very far. I feel like he's going to want to go to a true contender. That's just my opinion. Um, I, think it makes I don't sense. know. Yeah, that's that's tough. But I, I agree with you, Joe. There's not a lot after that. Like. It's really important for a team in the Rangers' position to not invest in the wrong guy. Um, you know, it's a lesson we see learned the, the hard way across the league. I mean, you look at look at how many bad contracts we see, and I mean, we're talking about a team that just two years ago they signed Kevin Shattenkirk, and people are already talking about buying the guy out. I mean, not how much has the team improved since then? You have to be really careful with how you spend your money. And Panarin is the guy you do spend your money on because he is that good. I feel like Jeff Skinner you can make a strong case for. Eric Carlson, I understand the temptation. I really and truly do. But the injury problems that have only really, in my opinion, amplified the season, the the concerns about how he can stay healthy, um, you don't want to get in a seven-year contract with Eric Carlson. The first two or three years yeah, of that are going to go great, and then it's a and, and then it's a goddamn disaster. All right, Mike, rapid fire on this one. You're rapid ready? fire, bop, bop, bop. Josh Zarkin. Josh, since Huska signed with the Rangers, I feel like now is the time to ask: How do you think Boomer the Bobcat would fare against Jonathan the Husky in a fight? I will not sit here. Uh, Huskies are larger than Bobcats. I, I will not condone down. dog violence. Uh, the Husky wins, the Husky but Boomer wins. would fuck up the Husky. No, Boomer would fuck uh, up. He has fucking cat. claws. He would scratch the shit out of the husky. Not only do huskies have claws, they're 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 not sharp like a bobcat's. You know what? Hold on. You might have a point here. We're talking about a domesticated dog breed versus a wild Correct. cat. I'm talking about a fucking bobcat. I feel like if the bobcat gets the jump on the husky, the bobcat wins. But if it's just they're both prepared for the battle, the husky's gonna win. And that is the correct answer. I watched a lot of Animal Planet as a young boy. The Bobcat wins. Nat Schneider. Who has a better chance against the dragon, Gandalf or Dumbledore? Does Gandalf having a sword give him a big advantage? 
Um, so I'm going to say Dumbledore, though. Gandalf was practically a demigod in Tolkien's universe. With that being said, the 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 degree of magic that uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore displayed was far greater than what we saw from Gandalf in Tolkien lore. Therefore, Gandalf would almost certainly uh, Dumbledore would almost certainly just dispatch with a dragon as if he was just falling asleep at the job. Whereas, like. We, we heard Gandalf talk about Smog with, like, fear and dread in his voice. He was terrified of Smog. Whereas Dumbledore was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Fucking, I'm going to have a bunch of dragons show up at a, at a school for a tournament. I don't give a shit. You know? Adam Klein, who finishes the show sitting on the Iron Throne? Is this about you, you and me, or is this about Game of Thrones? I feel like we end up spooning on the Iron Throne. Yeah, we, we just spoon and cuddle together on the Iron Throne. Yeah, there's room for two. Um, Bob Dota, what Rangers team was the best in the 2010s, and can you pinpoint a moment when the window closed? I mean, I had the most fun with the 2014 team. I'm sure you did as well. That's an easy answer, because they made it to the Stanley Cup. Um, Pinpoint the moment when the window closed? When they fucking... The summer of 2014 is when it started closing. I think it closed after they lost to... um, the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 7, though, and the Rangers... When this team gave up on... When this team... Gave up on Blair Betts and signed Donald Brashear. That was the end. Well, there was a lot of success after that. Don't talk to me about like anything. a significant amount of success. Maybe the that's most when they sold their souls. Pe- yeah, but that's not even the same group of people that put together this. The fucking f- well, I guess it was the team that I put know. together the 2014 team. It just has been too many shows since I talked about Blair Betts. Mm-hmm. And Donald remember Brashear. Blair Betts? He was really fine. I, I fucking I do. I do. Um, final question, Fish Jesus. What is a realistic outlook of the Rangers' position heading into the f- draft? Where do they pick? Uh, um, that's a good question. They probably I pick would, eighth. Yeah, that's what I was. I was literally about to say that. I feel like you hope Who's on for the board? higher. You hope for higher, but you pick at eight, right? Um, and who's on the board at eight? Who's on the board? No, that's what you said when we talked about the oh. draft last year. Uh, who's on the board? Yeah. Um, I feel like a prospect that doesn't get that much attention is Niles Lundquist. When do you see him coming over? What kind of player do you hope he becomes? I hope he becomes Eric Carlson. Um, he's probably fuck, at least two years away. That's a fucking outrageous statement. I hope he becomes made. Eric Carlson. What's outrageous about I hope that? he becomes Dumbledore. That doesn't mean it's going to fucking happen. Well, no, but he asked, you know... What kind of player do you hope he becomes? I fucking hope he becomes well, Eric Carlson. I hope Carlson. every player becomes Mario Lemieux. Yeah, of course. Well, why wouldn't you pick Gretzky? Uh, if we're talking about per game. Don't fucking do this, Michael. You want to do this at the end of this no. fucking show? Talk about Gretzky versus Lemieux? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. You want to talk about the, the way that shitty 1980s goalies looked against Gretzky? You want to do that shit? Ah, they look like little like toddlers with no. pads. This is that just are like when you put Mark Messier at the wing because you you thought you could win games. I'll have you know, I was reading something. They had ah, Gretzky at the wing go. and Messier at center in New York for a brief time. So you can go, go shut your filthy fucking. Here mouth. we go. Here it is. Here come the waterworks, ladies and gentlemen. You can move any center to wing if you want to make an elite lineup. Here it is. I am. We love you I am all. Crying right now. I am crying, really crying. Johnny Moore, take us away.